Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 120 and it is 11-28-2022. And this week's podcast topic is going to be about shaving time off that clock to be your personal best. If you have a 1D goal, shaving time, that, that half second, that last half second off, that clock is going to come down to a, co- a lot of things, and I'm going to discuss it today, but details and fire are really important. So I'll just say that before we get started. Um, whether you want to be a 4D champion or a 1D champion, this podcast is going to be important for you to listen. This podcast is designed for my Facebook virtual coaching group so that I can answer all your questions in one week uh, that come in from the membership of over 100 people. We've had over 200 people sign up now in the last two years and 116, I believe, are in the group right now. Many come and go. So of the 200, I still speak with them. Um, Some come and go due to horse lameness or uh, health reasons or possibly take a break for the summer. It's too hot or the winter because of the snow. But all the all the way um, through, I'm excited that I've met my goal of 150 people signing up. I'm actually at 212. Would I love it if everybody stayed and there was always awesome information that inspired them to be better, do better? Absolutely. But I'm also going to talk about some challenges coming up. I'm going to do a three-month challenge starting in December to inspire you to be better. This month's challenge is about being better, um, November. And um, and there's a lot of things you can do to make yourself better, but we're going to really break that down. And I'm going to try to really help you, not just with the mental aspect, but it's going to involve a lot of journaling, a lot of performance tracking, because there's so much that goes into barrel racing to win from how your horse feels, conditioning, schedules, routines, um, how you practice, how you warm up, your how you season for different kinds of arenas, whether it's a, a district show or a super show, a rodeo. So it, there's so much that goes into it. It's going to take three months to really get through it all and uh, break it down weekly for you guys. So I'm excited about that. Um, <clears throat> there is um, some different things I've been posting in the group with with uh, drills to practice to improve performance. So make sure you're paying attention to that. Um, watch the other members' reviews. You'll learn from that too, whether it's a free runner or push horse dealing with rate issues or anticipation issues, uh, or maybe it's rider cues that need improvement. But watch them because you can learn from all of them. Um, you can also learn from uh, great runs. When you see a 1D winning run, watch that run and learn from it. Um, I just did, uh, I'm going to continue to do those slow motions of top fraturity and NFR riders, especially now that the NFR is coming up in December. Um, and those are always fun to watch. I just did the turkey run, uh, Jenna and Monster running a 15.6. I plan to do Jimmy um, Jimmy on her horse as well. She ran a 15.6, but, but a Monster and uh, they had the fastest of the time with, I think it was like I don't know, 1,500 runs by the time it was all said and done, 800, 600 on one day, 800 on another, and it was quite a bit, but anyhow, um, and I think 200 for the rubies, something like that, running for the rubies, but anyhow, so um, I do want to mention a couple things before I get into things. Um, 
I have a lot of lessons this week. I hope everybody had an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm so happy and fortunate. My dad's in town. Um, he's actually going to be coming and going until February when I get my hip surgery. So he and my son can be here to help me with the horses while I get better from surgery. Um, but I'm staying really busy with clinics and lessons until then. Uh, so, so I wanted to go ahead and get this uh, Q&A done for this week. On Monday, I've got several videos that came in last night. I'll be working on all of them today from the weekend. Um, so I think I have about 10 videos to do today. And uh, I'm sure more will be coming in today as well. Uh, but I hope everyone really took time this weekend with your family and friends and, and gave thanks to God for all your blessings in your life. And, and no matter what your dreams and goals are, and you're always, you know, setting those things and, and um, going for it. There's always so much to be thankful for, even in hard times. And, you know, we've all had hard times this year. Everybody's had dealt with something. I lost a horse that was special to me. I lost a dog that was my heart. Um, you know, it, you have a lot of things happen in a year, but then there's a lot of amazing things like my business. Um, you know, it, it, it sucks to be in pain every day. I'm not going to lie, you know, after doing my clinics or walking around big places or whatever I'm in pain it hurts so I can't wait to get this hip fixed I miss riding there's a lot of things I could sit and say oh poor me poor me but I also realize how blessed I am to have my ranch paid for my horses in my backyard I get to have a business that I wake up every morning excited to do my job um, so again you you can sit there and find uh, you know, write down the negatives and the positives, and you can always find more positives if you look for them. And that's how your attitude should be. And remember, every everything in life is a lesson. It's training to be better. And that's important as well, you know, to, to deal with things. Sometimes what we have to go through just makes us stronger and makes us appreciate other things better. So a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we've got new members. Welcome Kelly from Florida. Uh, Brandy uh, from Florida and Pam from Florida and um, I'm looking forward to uh, again going over the topic today and the Q&A and also all the uh, challenges we're going to have in the next three months for skill and mindset so I hope you guys are too. Uh, for new members uh, you've had your emails sent to you with the training notebook, performance tracker, uh, horsemanship challenge, uh, the outlines for foundation and competing um, remember in the group, if you're looking for something, there's a search box at the top and you can just type in TLC drills or D pattern or first barrel issues or alleyway issues. You can type in anything you're concerned about and it will pop up. You can also go to the members only page. There's over 150 videos and I've got about 10 more to add, uh, this week. So I'm going to be doing that. There's always new videos being added. And the nice thing there, they're organized by topic. So if you're looking at, you know, foundation work, you can go to that. If you're looking at, um, you know, things to do on the pattern or common problems, you can go to that category. There's a lot there. So um, remember to always refer a friend if you guys don't mind. I'm able to keep my prices low because of the fact that I uh, can keep the membership growing and I can coach to everybody. And, um, you know, I do one-on-one -on -one for you with your video reviews, but as far as like, uh, these Q&As, I'm able to coach to over 100 people at once, and that's how I keep the prices down. I want to continue to grow. My goal is to have 150 members in the group at all times, not just the 200 that have come and gone. 
um, but consistently. And that's why I want to always have great information for you. So if you'll do, give me a shout out to a friend, refer a friend, shout out on Facebook, all that's greatly appreciated. All right. So the questions that came in this week is uh, barrels. How often should I be practicing the barrel pattern? Um, well, that can definitely vary. If you have an open horse and they're kind of like a, um, a horse that likes consistency and repetition, they are actually calmer if you do a lot of slow work on the barrels. You know, I know my Briscoe was like that. She loved having a routine. We'd go for a ride out in the 500 acres of cow pasture. We'd come back and walk or trot the barrels two or three times. And that gave her confidence. And then she was done for the day. Um, you know, if you have a novice horse, that horse is probably going to need exhibitions when you go to new arenas. So you know what they're thinking and to build their confidence. You're also going to want to school the barrels two, two or three times per week. In addition to doing maybe one trail ride a week and one or two days of drills. So you can do half on drills and half on pattern. Um, and it can be anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, and, you know, you'll spend 10 minutes with a warm up, 10 minutes with a cool down and 20 or 30 minutes on a drill or the barrel pattern. And you're going to customize it to what they need. If it's a hot horse, you do slow work. If it's a horse that needs rate work, you do rate work. If it's a horse that anticipates, you do flex and fluidity work. Maybe, uh, you know, working continuous fluid circles around the barrel, big circle, small circle, or maybe just two perfect five or 10 foot circles and go to the next barrel. Um, every horse is different. You'll, you'll customize for your novice and open horse's needs. Now, the colt training is different. When I got a colt in for training, the first, you know, month or two is spent strictly on basics. And it depend on how far along they were with their buttons. If they had a lot of buttons and were fancy broke, um, we I take them to a pattern when they could do all my drills at a walk trot and a lope correctly. Once they could do all my drills correctly, I start walking and trotting the barrels, um, and I keep it the same. You know, it's not rocket science when it comes to barrel racing. It's just putting your horse in the same place every time. So you start being consistent. That's where colts learn to crave the turn, crave the barrels, because they always know it's going to be relaxed going in, relaxed going around, and hurry and have fun out. So if you begin from the, the start, you know, with a, a fast walk to it, a slow walk in and around, a, a post trot to it, a sit jog around it, a high lope to it. A slow lope around it or even a lope trot you know if you're working on lead changes but you always have that transition that's smooth and you're always perfect you ride to the same arc every time you know the little caddy horse five or six foot arc the average horse seven or eight foot arc the big bubba might need 10 to 15 foot arc um every horse is different and and um same spots around the barrels three to five foot pocket going in or on the back side um, looking past the barrels, not at the barrels, separating rate and turn cues. And I know that's a struggle for those of you on push horses. You just have to, uh, you have to trust that you can give a rate cue without a turn cue and your horse will do it correctly. And that's what gets them to, to crave the turn. People that are overriding those horses into the turns, those horses start to dread the barrels because it's too much pressure going into the barrels. So if you want to pressure your horse, pressure them from the alley or driving them out of the turns, kick three to five times out of a barrel, drive out, but then sit down and quiet your riding in and around so that they can work. 
Um, the last thing you want to do, it's no different than driving a truck. You don't hit the gas pedal in a curve, you back off of it. So your truck can turn and not end up in the ditch. And the same thing for a horse. A horse will learn to dread the turns if you're constantly picking and pressuring them in the turns. So keep that in mind. But as far as how often to practice, definitely depending on the individual. Um, I know some people with open horses, they just pony their horses. They just ride them out in the field. And some are that fine. You know, they just do a lot of long trotting to keep them conditioned. Um, you know, maybe they just lope giant circles. And if you have an older horse and arthritic, absolutely, you don't need to do much. But you could still walk or trot once or twice a week just to say, hey, these are your spots. This is how you need to feel your body position. These are the cues I'm going to give you. And just building that teamwork. So, uh, like I said, you got to know your horse. Um, and obviously, it's you're going to do more barrel pattern on the colt. And you're going to do it specifically. The novice horse. Um, maybe less and more tuning and and then you know the open horse even even less than that so the next question was about a horse that's really stiff and sticky in the turns you really need to unlock the hip on that horse and get them in four-wheel drive how do you do that um, a great way is my single barrel drill d pattern spirals is wonderful for that uh, rubber band drill um, any of those will get that horse to be more fluid. You've got to ride from the waist down. You've got to be able to sit but drive with your legs and keep that horse moving. Looking at your spots, not the barrel. Um, keeping your hand low and forward on that neck. And, um, you know, you may have to cluck or smooch and drive with your feet more. You may have to do some shaping and releasing to keep that horse supple and soft with the nose in, the shoulder out and the hip in and you do that by just doing your bend and flex work keeping them bending um, nobody wants to ride a freaking stiff as a bored horse you know you want your horse straight in the straight lines but you want them soft in the turns so you want to keep that bend and flex in them so do things like that next question about bits and tie downs <clears throat> i made two videos on the bits that i prefer um, I'm not a huge tie-down fan or Martingale fan, as everybody knows. I definitely would never use them in slow work. I like split reins and a side pull or an O-ring for my, you know, slow work, my bend and flex work. Um, and I also will use them when I'm doing one-handed drills because I can shorten my split reins. I would never compete in split reins because, A, they can get tangled on their legs. B, it's a distraction if your hand gets out of position. Um, so I, I have my short reins, you know, for competition. And I do have two videos on my favorite bits. I don't think bits need to be complicated. Just find something your horse likes and something you're comfortable in um, and stick with it. You know, ultimately, if you could run your horse in a halter, that would be a great goal. Bridalists, get them so broke that it doesn't matter, you know, what's on their head. You know, get them to where they work really off your body. Yeah, you know, I know there's more hot and fractious horses out there that are going to get a little strong, especially running that 1D level. If they're a free runner versus a push horse, you're going to need a little bit more. Some of them have a higher headset. You might need it just to keep their head in position with the tie down or the martingale. You know, when you're shaving off that last half second, that's fine. But but I'll start as light as you can and know why you're going up. And, and don't use it because you have holes in your foundation or a lack of education with speed. So a lot of times those things will just make a horse stiffer and more out of balance and leaning and on their front end. So 
Um, the next question was about calming myself down before I ride or compete. In my training notebook, there's an entire section on mental game. Definitely go to that and read it. Um, in my uh, performance tracker, there is as well. Also, the podcast has several on centering and meditation and breathing. Breathing slow in and out several times will calm your heart rate and will also help you relax and connect to your horse. I promise you, your horse knows what you're feeling oftentimes before you do. So it is important that you relax and get focused by breathing and focusing, by visualizing a smooth run, you know, saying a little prayer, petting your horse, all those things connecting to your horse before will keep you calm. Some people do best to stay off their horse till two drags out um, or just stand next to them or walk them in small circles. You have to figure out what works for you to calm yourself down and develop that routine. Next question. Um, horses that are cinchy only when you put the saddle on. Number one, rule out ulcers. Um, number two, tighten the saddle in three increments. Do not tighten that saddle up super tight as soon as you throw it on. Put it on just enough to, they, if they, you know, walk, it's not going to fall off. And then walk them, you know, 10, 20 feet, tighten a little more so that you can get on. And then after you do some warm up, you can tighten it one more time. But do not over tighten those girths. Um, if you over tighten them, they cannot breathe. Their lungs, they'll start feeling crow hoppy in the, in the barrel run instead of stretching out running. There's a lot of nerves and muscles that run through there that can be affected. So you need it tight enough that it doesn't roll in a turn. Some horses don't have a wither and it won't stay in the middle of your horse. So you may have to tighten a little bit more. But you can also get smaller cinches or cinches that have a little bit more hold um, and that, that can help. Um, you know, I always use a quality saddle pad, something that I would want to fill on my horse's back. Um, I don't really like like a tacky or neoprene saddle pad, obviously. I, I prefer like a felt or, you know, wool, sheepskin, whatever type on my horse's back. But, um, but, but definitely keep those things in mind. So the topic today is about 1D or bust. So shaving off some time on that clock. How do we shave off time? Whether you're 1D champion goal or a 4D champion goal, there has got to be attention to detail and aggressive riding in order to get to that level. So um, as you all know, I've been hearing, um, as you all know, I did a video in the group of Monster and Jenna from the Turkey Run. That horse runs amazing. I think he's only five or six years old. Um, and he's a stallion and he's just gorgeous. He's a trace ace bloodline, which as you guys all know, barrel racing's really changed the last couple of years with the ruby and pink buckle incentives. The prices of horses and stallions and, and, and mares and foals have just gotten crazy. A lot of people feel like, okay, you know, it's hard to even compete with the Joneses anymore if you're just an average person. You know, you could go to your district shows and be 1D and 2D, but then you go to these super shows and you find yourself in the 3D and you're like, okay, what the heck's happening? And a lot of times it can happen for a couple reasons. Um, one, as I mentioned, attention to details, and I'm going to get into that. And two, that aggressiveness in it to win it attitude. So um, I assure you, your competition is, and if you're not, you're already behind them. So the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, 1D or bust. 
you have to, number one, believe in yourself. Um, and um, you have to have try. You have to have skill. You know, that, that all matters. Your mindset, you know, believing in yourself, having a routine, having, knowing what you need to get done, knowing how to visualize, knowing how to read an arena, where the stakes are, the timers, barrel placement, on the fence, not on the fence, ground conditions. Um, you got to know how to be aggressive or assertive. And I don't mean aggressive like overriding, but aggressive as in getting everything you need from your horse. A clear go cue, a clear rate cue, a clear turn cue, a want it attitude. You know, being assertive and having that energy that your horse knows your focus and you're asking him for everything, that teamwork is really important. You have to have no room for doubt. You can't have that fear of failure going on in your house, in your head. You got to know that you're always training to be better and don't care if you make a mistake. You know, when you run your best runs, they're not always perfect. They can be a little bit sloppy. And do we want to practice perfect? Absolutely. Look at any sport, baseball, basketball, football. They don't just have competition after competition. They break it down into drills. They practice things that increase their muscle memory so that on game day, they have quick reaction and it's all automatic and they're in the moment. All of those things are very important. So keep that all in mind. Um, sometimes you just got to let them run and not worry about being perfect in competition. You cannot win anymore at these big things by being too too slow to first or too slow between the barrels or stalling in your turns you cannot so you have to know how to get a snappy turn out of your horse you have to know that you can you know um your horse not every horse is going to do great in some of these situations like turkey run take for instance the best the horses that did the best in there i felt like were horses that were more push style because you have a 15 second pattern in a massive arena so it's real easy to get by a barrel when that happens so horses that are more push style definitely benefit when you have that situation when you have a little pattern and the barrels are on the fence the the walls will shut down that free runner but and the and it'll cause the the push horses to hit more barrels so you have to realize your pins too in season for them and that's where number two the details come in so number one is totally your mindset believing in yourself having that heart you know, working at your skill and, and, and being assertive, not doubting yourself, you know, that positive attitude, not being fearful of failure and not worrying about when you go for it, being perfect, but, you know, being in it with that mindset that I'm here to win it. And again, that can be 1D or 4D, whatever level you're at. As long as you're getting just two strides of rate and two strides around each barrel, you are, and you are running, you know, you've got a clear go cue, a clear rate cue and a clear turn cue and you've got that snap out, you can just, your goal should be beating yourself, being a, your personal best, not anyone else, and riding your horse and your style. And, I, and like I said, there's a difference between aggressive and assertive. I don't mean override, but I do mean being clear. So attention to details. Details can be, and you have to, this is why we want to track our performance and log things. That loose rein in the alleyway, like just giving a horse an inch more loose rein, or maybe you kick three to five times out of each barrel. That little extra drive, that little extra fire, 
can be the momentum. Maybe you pull up on that horn and give them their head quicker so that, and you smooch at them and, and, and drive, you know, as soon as they're straight, um, those little details will definitely shave tense off of that clock. Um, you have to know how to use your horn properly. When to use your fingers to pull up on your horn. When to use the palm of your hand to push down on your horn. And we use that horn to help us stay in the middle of our horses and go with their power leaving or even getting up in the turn to get a little deeper um, or locking down. So a lot of times a horse cannot turn a barrel if you're sitting forward and pulling backwards. They, they'll stall out every time or they'll overturn their head and neck and rubber neck. And their shoulder and hip will leave the leave the turns, and that's not good. Um, so those are all things that um, are a concern um, when you're looking at your details to pay attention to. So the other thing um, is um, so loose rain. You know, a little bit more fire uh, from the alleyway with a looser rain, or a little bit. Um, and that's a key too. A lot of you are holding your horse back with your reins and going straight at the barrel. Send them and ride to the middle in the arc more. Get and then your rate will come a little easier for you when you're coming in from your angle from your arc to spot one and two. That will laterally slow them as well and set you up for a very snappy first barrel. So that's number one, having a little bit more drive out of your turns or from the alleyway. Number two is really knowing how to use your horn, when to sit down, when to get up. Number three is your balance rein, um, even hands, looking between their ears. <clears throat> Those are all things that can shave valuable tents because you're not lifting and looking down their neck. That causes anticipation. Um, you're looking at your spots past the barrels because you want to get in the hole. Um, those are very important Um Sitting square, you know, those are all important things. Not being too far over the withers, not being too far back over the hips, but being in the middle of your horse. That's very important and centered. Um, using more legs. Some horses really benefit from more inside leg going in or outside leg coming out or on the backside. Smooching, um, kissing at them, you know, clucking, whatever works for you. Uh, those are all little things that can definitely help you. <clears throat> help your horse drive out. But that drive out will also give you more momentum going in and around those barrels. So these are all little details that will help you shave time on the clock. It always goes back, though, to the number one of, of your, your, how much you're practicing, your positive mindset. How, are you journaling? You know, are you in it to win it attitude? You know, go over my, um, my mental top 10 reasons, um, you know, things that will help you improve your mental game and also figure out why you might have um, some issues like fear of failure, those type of things, or being too hard on yourself. So with that in mind, as I mentioned, um, in December, you know, this month is about being better um, and, and getting them really fancy broke. So keep working on that stuff. But also remember, in December, our skill is going to be to journal and learn how to do a performance tracker. In my, um, in my performance tracker, it talks about the horse's care. That is so, so important. Um, you've got to have a healthy horse. So let's talk about a few things. You have to be able to train and practice and compete the same for your skill and your mindset. 
Some people train and practice one way and then compete completely opposite. So of course your horse isn't going to know what to do. So keep that in mind. You need to be consistent. Don't ride one way at home and ride another way at the show. The horse and you are going to do your best when you are consistent with your repetition and positioning. Um, that's a very confusing for a horse if you don't. So keep that in mind. Uh, do my challenges of skill and mindset every month. And like I said, we're going to really step it up December, January, and February with a three-month challenge for both. Um, embrace all you do. Um, everything that you do, think of it as training for your goals and your dreams or training for something. Um, the next thing is, uh, track your barrel racing and log your details. I cannot tell you how important that is. And we are going to talk about having using my performance tracker or anyone you have, a, a, a journal, whatever. That's going to be super important to improving. Um, the better that you, in order to get better, that's this month's challenge, the more you gather information, document and measure and evaluate in your journal, the more you can pay attention to those details and learn from what's going on in order to make proper changes for advancement. And like I said, it can be a multiple thing. Another thing um, journaling does for you, it allows you to brainstorm because you're spending time um, saying, analyzing your information. You know, how does my horse feel? Are they uh, feeling good? Are they conditioned properly? Am I in shape? Am I spending enough time in the saddle? Am I getting enough coaching? Am I taking action? Um, the number one way to improve is just start. Just do it every single day. You will get better. You have to commit and you need to be consistent. Journaling every single day will help you be better. Starting your morning with gratitude, pray, and journal is a great way to stay inspired. And that's going to be our mindset for December um, this month is be better and next month is stay inspired. So, you know, waking up with a positive attitude of praying with thankfulness and setting your goals and journaling about it will help you stay focused. Um, it also helps organize your thoughts because you're staying goal oriented and staying um, active, taking that action. Something that's so important, you guys, and I can't stress this enough in your journal, you do not blame you. You do not blame your horse. You do not judge yourself. You do not judge your horse. You do not complain and talk negatively. I had a, re a lesson recently. She was 100% negative, not against her horse, but herself. And um, she loved her horse, wants to keep her horse, but very negative in her, um, uh, in her, in her talking, in her thoughts. You can't win with a negative attitude. You can't, you have to say, I will, I can. You have to take it as a challenge, you know. Okay, I, I identify that I am doing this doing this incorrectly. I know how to correct it now. I'm going to correct it. I can, I will, I do. Um, and change that. That is so important. Do not be negative. The power to change is with a positive mindset and taking action. That is so important. It does require practice. It requires hauling, seasoning for different types of arenas. If you're doing awesome, you know your horse, and you're doing great in certain arenas, that's how you build your confidence. But then you go to a different kind of arena like Turkey Run, 
and you go slow the first time, have pretty turns, you're like, cool, I'm going to add some more speed in round two. And now all of a sudden you've gone by every barrel, you're going faster, but you clock slower because you didn't have pretty turns. So that just backfired for you, didn't it? So that's very discouraging. That's why I, I feel bad when people go to world or state or super shows with 600 entries versus 200 entries because it can really tear your confidence down. But you have to accept the fact that, again, you're not competing against them. You're competing against yourself and working on your personal best. So if that happens, you had a pretty, pretty pattern um, at your first run, but then you add speed and it falls apart. That just tells you that you need to season your horse for small patterns, big arenas with more speed, education with speed. So don't blame yourself. Don't judge yourself. But yet uh, identify what went wrong and realize this is what I need to practice. So I will go exhibition in this arena next year and learn how to add speed and rate. Or I will go find arenas like this and practice. Or I'm going to go haul to a practice pen that's a huge arena, set up a small pattern, and work on education with speed on that setup. So that's how you make those kind of improvements. And that's where a performance tracker is going to help you reach your goals. Whether you are a 1D or a 4D champion, because it's going to help you see the whole picture which includes having a sound horse. You could have a horse that's bleeding in the lungs and that's why they're not running. You could have a horse with an ulcer and that's why they're not, you know, they're acting hyper. You can have a horse that's sore and you're giving them sedation when actually they're hyper because they're hurting. So I can't tell you how important it is that you work with a sports medicine vet, that you work with your farrier, that you work with your body work, chiropractor, acupuncture person, and you keep that horse feeling good. I assure you, if they're sore, they are not going to work. Um, and, and that's why it's expensive. You know, I, I would uh, compete at super shows and win 5000 but it's, I spent 5000 It's just, it's frustrating. If you talk to the NFR ladies, they will tell you they set aside $50,000 for the year to rodeo. And they're barely breaking even when they get to the NFR. The only profit for the year is at the NFR for most of them. And, and a lot of them are in the hole. They don't even make a profit trying to chase it. And you can see who goes to 20 rodeos and who goes to 80 rodeos and imagine their expenses. You know, the, the, those really elite great horses, you know, and they're, they're, there are more of them nowadays. I'm not saying the competition hasn't gotten tougher. With the bloodlines now, these horses are fast. They're smart. They want to turn a barrel. They want to, they have that speed, that athletic ability, all those things going for them. So I'm not saying it's not tougher out there because there are more great horses just because the training, the technology, the care, the conditioning, the bloodlines, everything's gotten better and it's going to continue to get better. It doesn't mean you have to be rich to win. It probably helps give you an advantage, but you can get lucky and train the right horse or whatever as well. You know, there's a lot of good horses out there. But it's hard to find those really rare, great horses that would win whoever ran them. And those kind of horses, those owners will tell you those horses are just special. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and sometimes it is a combination of the rider and the horse just being a perfect fit as well. I'm not saying that's not important as well. Some horses and riders just do really well together when others just are not the right match. So that's the case in a lot of this too. So, so all of these things have to be um, con considered. Conditioning, schedule, mindset, routine, practice, warm-up, you know, soundness, 
all of these things. But something else is you have to celebrate your wins. You have to find a positive in every run. You have to find uh, something you can fix in every run. So I want you to, every ride or run, have one goal. And after every ride or run, point out one positive and then something that you need to work on. That's how you stay positive. That's how you don't be too hard on yourself. Um, and that's how you'll make improvements. So Maya Angelou says to do your best. Um, do your best while you can. I'm going to, I messed this up a little bit until you learn better. And then when you know better, you will do better. And that's all you can do. Do your best while you can until you learn better. And then when you know better, you will do better. So keep those things in mind. Another thing to keep in mind, and in my um, horse training um, notebook, in the performance or the, excuse me, the mental mindset chapter, um, I put in there, dare to be better. And the Theodore Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt um, saying of the man in the arena, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how a strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit goes to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who ears comes up short again and again, because with no effort, without error or shortcoming, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows with great enthusiasms the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat. So I think that's important to keep in mind as well. Um, I love that one. It's in my book because I've always loved it. Um, when you have people critiquing you from the fence line, you know, that's not, they don't understand if they haven't actually done it, they don't understand what it's like out there. Um, but also realize that in order to get better, you have to keep a positive mindset. You have to believe in yourself, but you also have to learn from each and every run. So you will continue to improve as well. So I'm going to go ahead and close now. And just remind you guys, you know, this November to continue to be thankful and feel blessed. Be so blessed. Um, you know, like that saying, too blessed to be stressed. Um, if you find yourself being um, stressed or, you know, nervous or sad or mad or jealous or envious or wanting to give up or negative, change it. Change your mindset and set those goals to be positive. And remember how blessed you are and not to, you know, take action to keep trying not to give up um, and just keep setting those goals and dreams and you will get there. You know, you really will. And um, focus on you and your goals and not what anyone else is doing. That's really important too. You're going to have bad runs. Everybody does. Even the top girls have bad runs. Um, that's just, it's tough. It's a tough competition. It's a tough sport. It, there isn't one thing that's going to make you win. It's about 20 things that all have to come together perfectly. And that's why it's so challenging. But that's also why it's so much fun. Um, it's a high adrenaline sport. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, 
it's that, you know, time with your horses. It's just, you know, it's just a cool thing. So I'm going to go ahead and close for today. I've been talking about 40 minutes, but um, be looking forward to uh, the uh, months ahead and really talking about how to improve your performance and keep shaving those valuable tents. I hope that you got some good tips today to help you. And um, as always, ride with heart and God bless.